You hear that? That's the telltale heartbeat of the return of the king. This time he has a lady friend and is ready for more monkey business. Join us as we explore the 1986 kaiju film. This is Kaiju vs. History. King Kong Lives. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History. This is your big monkey heart surgeon with the heart of gold himself, Patrick. And joining me is a drunken redneck holding a rifle in the bed of a pickup truck. It's Miles. No, I would have finished the job. (laughs) You're not shooting near his head. You're putting one right between his eyes. They're they're right there. This movie could have ended like 30 minutes early. We we are, of course, watching the direct sequel to 1976's King Kong. This is the, sadly, final theatrical film of director John Gillerman. <laughs> I don't know why he stopped making movies after this, but of course, this uh, is... A, I, can, I can think of a couple <laughs> reasons. This is 1986's King Kong Lives. Uh, very Which evocative. is... Uh, wild br- bringing up this director because he, you know, was part of, I mean, well, he directed the first movie, but he also directed The Towering Inferno, which I think we talked about in. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty, pretty sought after in, in the, the 70s. And he, uh, yeah, basically retired. And I wonder if work just kind of dried up after after this film. Uh, it took a full decade to to get a sequel to to king kong off the ground which to be honest is pretty surprising because that first film did very well internationally at the very least it uh, about quadrupled its its budget it was more expensive than this film but this film did not do that well <laughs> did not, not do at that all Buster. so definitely here in the u.s it did not catch on which we will it seems talk about according to wikipedia the only place it did well is in Patrick's heart and Russia. <laughs> I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't the, think it did as well on, as Wikipedia has said, but apparently yeah. did very well in Russia. Yeah, and because, it, well, it, it came out. Me, the only reason I, said I don't believe it did as well as Wikipedia is because none of their math adds up. It um, did. Uh, it was released in Russia like two years later, so it also was a different you know kind of time when when it so came it out. It still would have been a bomb. I mean, here regardless <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah let's talk about the movie king kong lives what a title yeah, so, huh? <laughs> i mean it is what it is so this this one is I mean, 10 years after the first film although it the i i do like because it's 10 years after the first film they give you kind of a little uh something like a previous song but it's like this is the yeah. end of King Kong, and it's like the last two minutes of yeah, the last the last couple King minutes because you know you get a flash in the pan scene of uh, Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lang. You get to see the monkey take its fall, and then you get the the heartbeat slowing down, and then the ten years later, and you find out oh he's been in the coma this whole time. That's a long time to <laughs> to be you know after that kind of injury, I guess, in, in a coma. But yeah, and he's like, he's a near mythical beast, so makes sense. He he survives a lot of stuff in this movie as well. <laughs> he, he well that that's a subject for something else. But before before we get started, Patrick, what is in a title? Well, King Kong 
you're going to have in the title of your King Kong movie, uh, <laughs> unless you're Skull Island, I guess. That's like the one movie they decide, you know what, we don't need King Kong in, in the title. In international releases, it was often just called King Kong 2, just straight up numerical sequel. And that's where you're going to find it under most other places in, in the world. I don't know why they went with lives here in the U.S. Maybe it was to counteract the fact that people might not want to see it if they thought it was like a Son of Kong situation. They're like, no, no, no. King Kong, who you just saw die 10 years ago in this first movie, he's alive. King Kong lives. K King Kong is alive is another title. In, in France, on VHS, was released as The Return of King Kong, which, Return of the King, <laughs> classic title, why, why not ape that? <laughs> and yeah, that's that's all there really is for, for the title, just like 1976's King Kong, you can't improve upon that title, it's so good. And um, this is, this feels like a sequel to 1976's King Kong in the same way that the Showa-era Godzilla movies were sequels to one another, like... We have very similarly cast main male character, main female character, but they are different characters. They're just serving the same kind of plot roles in, yeah. in the movie. And they wanted to get the the Jeff Bridges and um, Jessica Lang back. Obviously, neither of them were going to do a sequel. It, it, it would have. Well, I mean, they were both on their their own way now, mm -hmm. but also. I think she had won an Oscar at this point. Yeah, and neither of their characters coming back would make any sense. Well, I mean, she had Is quite Jessica Lange going to be the heart surgeon? Oh, well, no. I mean, as these characters, obviously not. It would be <laughs> Can you imagine I'm I'm Dwan. I I've spent the last <laughs> 10 years studying monkey heart surgery. Dr. Dwan. <laughs> uh no, no. We we get a would say an upgrade in in Linda Hamilton in this film. I mean, Linda Hamilton's great. I mean, even in this movie, she's great. I mean, she's a great actress, and you know, she is dealing with a, a passable co-star. Yeah, he's he is there. I think they wanted Brian, a Jeff Bridges like for that character, and then yeah, just, just didn't as... have the charisma. And it's not that he's bad. Like I said, no. he's passable. It's kind of hokey, but, and he's, he doesn't have the, the same charm. Exactly. Um, he doesn't have but, the charisma that Jeff Bridges did, but who does? I will say their their relationship does feel, uh, you know, as believable as Jeff Bridges and, and Yeah, and I mean, they, they are certainly the only two characters that you care about in this entire thing, and the only ones that kind of feel like they're written like uh -huh. people. Everyone else is written like a stock character and it's just those two. <laughs> oh, we got a, a straight up cliche cigar chomping general who whose motives don't make a lot of sense. I was really uh, they, you know, wishing they like, conflict with each other every 15 minutes. Yeah, it's like he, at one part, his motivation is like he's angry that his men are guarding King Kong instead of training. It's like, OK, well, why can't you do both? <laughs> it's just it doesn't seem like any of his anger is really well guided. But yeah, this this movie, the basic plot is Kong lives. They find Lady Kong, a female of the species, and Kong needs a blood transfusion. So they bring Lady Kong to America and and give Kong a robotic heart. So he's like kind of 
cyborg Kong in this movie. <laughs> Not quite. He's got yeah. basically an oversized pacemaker. I, I kind of wish, I mean, yeah, I wish there was something like, oh, this is going to make him stronger. Which at one point blood. they kind of drop. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, um, they use it to track his heartbeat and like see how he's doing right. in the film so that the the human characters do have like a purpose and a connection to to kong and to kong movie. yeah i mean they actively and well even as opposed to i guess kong having a connection to the humans which is you know what he wanted to protect jessica lang's character in, in the first film he doesn't really care or notice the humans in this movie very much he's got a lady kong to deal with Miles. well i mean i think th- i think that both kongs you know mitchell and what was linda hamilton's character's name linda hamilton plays dr amy uh, franklin amy franklin so i think mitchell and franklin both are they have a connection with the apes and the apes certainly aren't trying to hurt them and there, there seems to be an understanding at some point because they're rarely in danger that they don't put themselves in yeah um, yeah at one point like kong is walking and they have to like jump out of the way because i mean i i imagine it's like you know you can accidentally step on as a human like something the size of a mouse you know yeah exactly <laughs> it's dangerous like, to be around you know, kong in that respect and kong's kong's got other things to worry about <laughs> yeah no he's uh he he gets gets busy with lady kong there's a nine month time jump in the film which if you read Roger Ebert's review, he thinks it's only a couple days <laughs> that go by in the movie. The movie well, the movie plays it that way. It feels no, like. they specifically say we've been here since last summer. So, like, there, there you, should actually, be. I, I missed that entirely. Well, there's it like fe- snow on like... the ground. They should have had like a black, like fade to black, like wipe away, and then nine months later or something. You know, yeah, just like, like just put the next season or something like that. Like just you know, spring, summer, winter, whatever. <laughs> because it does kind of for me, it got lost in in the the thing of things. What a dumb phrase. Lost in the so thing of yeah, we we have a Lady Kong that has been found, and Mitchell, uh, well, he's out in Borneo, and uh, apparently <laughs> lords over the people there in some capacity. Because like the next thing we see, like he's getting a shave, drinking a beer. Ordering people around. I, I took that as him. He was just spending his money because he, he knew I mean, he was going to about to be rich. But yeah, I, I guess. I mean, like, I mean, I don't think I'm, I don't mean like he's like a warlord. I just I don't know. The optics aren't great on the, the white guy. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> but yeah, he comes across this Lady Kong. They just gloss over the fact that, yep, got her the States. Well, I'm yeah, just like in 76's Kong. I, I like that they don't labor over you know the the transit too much uh i i guess there is some bits on the uh, boat in, in 76's. 76 is a lot of fell on the boat yeah yeah but but yeah so it does, they, they, there, there they are get, some 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 quick time jumps around this film and it goes takes place over the course of like 10 months or so it takes place over a, a while with kong's recovery his escape right their their, we, their so separation we get lady kong to the states and they use her for a I think a blood transfusion is what they're trying to do. Yep. Yeah. He needs blood in order to be able to survive an a open heart surgery, which is a pretty brutal scene where Linda Hamilton is using like a giant reciprocating or not reciprocating, like a circular saw. And yeah. it, it looks great, except 
they have like extra doctors like on the sides, one of which has like giant scissors that you would use to like cut a, a ribbon at a ceremony. And it's just like miming cutting. Like he's yeah, <laughs> he looks like, like the guy from Clock Tower. It kind of looked um, like he was giving Kong a haircut as opposed to doing open heart surgery. But that, that seems interesting. The point where they are like transplanting the cybernetic heart. There's a great like little jump scare as like it like nearly falls on him and uh, th- there's some interesting parts of of that film. Um, yeah, and then and then Kong wakes up and he gets a whiff, a scent. <laughs> yeah, he can smell that Kong, lady, and he cannot be contained. Which uh, yes, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I imagine there there weren't any other of his kind on on uh, Skull Island or or the island from seventy six. I I, so. I do not know because. More more Kongs are around. That there's had to get about around to be somehow. one more. Yeah, maybe uh, they just swam. They're big. They could probably swim between islands. Possibly is Borneo even close to where Skull Island's supposed to be? We'll map it out after this <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I don't because I don't think it is. So this this movie then you know it's it's a big chase of you know Kong and Lady Kong deuces uh, out, out out of the compounds that they are both kept in. And proceed to escape to the woods. And you have a lot of Kong versus army, Kong versus locals, Kong versus surroundings. Kong just uh, straight up snacking on some uh, gators. Some gators. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> that just, seems uh, pretty funny. That's, they, they that's get, how he survives. He just drains every swamp of alligators. In the yeah, because we're, we're like at one US. point, the, the sea doctor's holding a baby gator. And then. Oh, yeah. Cuts. <laughs> So cuts and you see that he's got all these, you know, what's supposed to be like live, large gators from the swamps. Oh, I thought I, I took it as he had killed a whole bunch and was just like keeping around for snacks. No, he was like Slim Jims. But yeah, no, the, the, but, the, the, but there's the one scene where he's a live baby gator and you cut to the, 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 the live adult gator was, was very silly. I was like, that's a fun workaround. But that's like, come on, you, you this movie is 18 million dollars. You can't uh, you so, can't do something like that one thing that struck me which could be sequelitis it does happen sometimes mm-hmm. um kong has a lot of movie facial expressions in this one and i'm not talking about oh, they're, like they're the, the effects goofy. i'm talking about they're purposefully goofy of him going hoo, 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 or eating someone going <laughs> L- lady kong at one point is tending to a wound on kong's leg is like pouring water on it and he gives a look like almost <laughs> straight to the camera of like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like a straight up 80s comedy movie uh like wink wink nudge nudge it's extremely it's extremely silly. This movie is um, great, Miles. I, I really hope no, your your score not. is going to belay that fact. It's got this movie has everything. It's got monkey knockout gas. We got Indiana Jones wannabe and a mm. love story with a doctor. It's got a giant Kong elevator at the end, which reminded me a lot of King Kong escapes. And of course, Kong slanging that thing around for once in a movie, and also the only time he's had a female counterpart. In, in any of these films well um, in the same movie yeah well it, it's nice that he's not lusting after the human lady in one film at least he's he's got someone his own size and age <laughs> he cares about and <laughs> i it's, mean you know it's a little tender love story too between those two i i, I mean it's it's a very silly me um oh, i don't yeah. really you know you don't the, the 
the eternal disclaimer throughout the, the history of this podcast is I don't care for King Kong generally. And <laughs> this one and, just feels so different from so, the 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 reboots of of Kong. Yeah, but I'm not it does a person in general. King I, Kong this, escapes to this me. to me even fully goes. Oh yeah, they're not kaiju. They're, they're just big monkeys. <laughs> this is this is this veers more into oh they're just big monkeys. Than well, anything. I will say that a lot of these settings, which are like these huge mountains, mm-hmm. almost, you know, work against the kaiju effect the same way that putting Kong on the World Trade Center did. It's a, the, like the largest building in the world at the time, you know, and you're going to make your huge monkey look tiny by by comparison. Like, it's the same thing, you know, Kong falls off a cliff at one point and it looks like... You know, yeah, exactly how what deep is. is that river? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, a massive river. If like an 80 foot monster can kind of dive down into it. So, yeah, there, there's some scale stuff that definitely doesn't work. But for the most part, like the mountains and the tree sets that they have look pretty good. They look better than the this the setting of the the Skull Island kind of setting. In, in yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think the location shots are done extremely well. I mean, I, I think that this movie technically looks pretty solid, no matter how I feel about it, the movie itself, because, I mean, it, it, they, they definitely put some money into it. And well, the animatronics and the faces uh, working, I think did, they did a really good job. Like, I may not like giant ape movies, but I'm like, hey, these giant apes are at least good looking giant apes. And it took them a while. Like we said, it was a decade since 1976's Kong. And... It wasn't for lack of trying. De Laurentiis was actually immediately shopping around, you know, potential producers and things to get several scripts into production. They were all shot down. Some were too far fetched. Like King Kong was going to be used as a weapon for the U.S. military to help win the Cold War. Another one, King Kong went to outer space. (laughs) So I would watch that movie. Yeah, no, we're getting really showa with it. But yeah, this this one does feel more like a a sequel to to the first one. It doesn't doesn't go crazy. It's not Kong swinging to the center of the earth like we're gonna get uh, in uh, Godzilla versus in a good movie. Kong. But yeah, this this one has uh, more down to down to earth. Literally, um, no no climbing giant buildings in, in this film at all. Um, principal photography shooting took place in pigeon forge tennessee and they had indoor shots some huge sets built at screen gym studios in north carolina and the studio built several lots specifically for this production imagine that's where a lot of the the budget went as well but uh yeah the the pseudomation we 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 just talked about a little bit it's not better it's not worse than 1976's kong but you know, they're, they're on par, I would say. Uh, Peter Elliott it plays King Kong in this movie, and he has played man-apes and apes for 15 different films. Uh, you've seen him in Congo. He was in Walking with Apes. But he also was the ape Bolo in one of my favorite sh- uh, shows. He was the, the monkey, the giant ape, in a few episodes of The Mighty Boosh. so he 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 played an ape all over the place and uh if you look him up on imdb king kong is like his avatar his picture (laughs) because he's he's always always in a suit we talked a little about 
about Linda Hamilton, you know, she's hot off the success of 1984's Terminator, where she played mm-hmm. Sarah Connor, and took this role saying that she was excited because 1976's Kong really helped launch Jessica Lange's career. And she didn't know what kind of movie she was making, apparently, because <laughs> as she said in some interviews after the the fact, you know, they're working with blue screens. They're working with giant animatronic hands. You can't really get a feel for what the final film is going to be when you're shooting it piecemeal like that. And you don't get to see the, you know, the, the actual star of the film, which is a giant 80 foot monkey. Right. You have a favorite scene, Miles? Something that sticks with you for um, King Kong lives? I liked, uh, I mean, I, I uh, obviously, even though I, I, I'm kind of tired of, and it's what I kind of get more harshly on as the, the, the subgenre goes on, is it's just more monkey versus the army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, because I mean, yeah, we, we introduced another monkey in, in this movie, and the rapes, but whatever. But I really would have loved like something for King Kong to fight. My, my um, it, it's not just the army. He also bites a redneck in half. So it's something that we've not seen really in like, yeah. hardly any kaiju movies. That, that sequence where he takes his revenge on the rednecks is one of my favorites. And it's actually the Chef's scene. Kiss. It's the scene that I remember from being a kid. I remember yeah. this movie used to come on USA Network uh, a lot because like on USA Up All Night and stuff because this movie was a massive, massive bomb. No one wanted it. So we got it on TV a lot. And I distinctly remember Kong. I, I remember being a kid and like, I mean, a little kid and mm-hmm. seeing Kong take that dude and just chomp down. And I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a scary, scary monkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a horror aspect that you don't get in a ton of these, yeah, these films. The, the problem is they diffuse that immediately with him sticking his finger in his mouth and going <laughs> and pulling out <laughs> the hat. It's like it is like Jim Varney's in a monkey's suit. Yeah. And it's indeed just like a he pulls out <laughs> a Jim Varney kind of hat from his teeth. <laughs> it's what made me think of him. <laughs> we also mentioned Jim Varney on last week's episode, but yeah, th- there are some just Silly for any part of every episode. Silly things with with the giant ape in this this film. But you know, Godzilla gets pretty silly. Uh, he does dances and <laughs> flies in one of the movies. But this movie, you're supposed to, I imagine, it's supposed to be a little bit more realistic. Um, this film won a in John Wilson's book, the official Razzie movie guide. The uh, a special award is listed as. One of the golden raspberry uh, award winners of the most enjoyably bad movies ever made. Uh, Miles, I think most of America, at least, agrees with you. On Rotten Tomatoes, this has a critic's percentage of 0%, which, just a reminder of how Rotten Tomatoes works, it means no one gave it a good or better review when this movie came out. Right. So the uh, people didn't give it 0%. It has no good critic reviews. But the audience score is, I, I think the audience score is different. I think it's just like a straight aggregate of people's scores. Yeah, it's a plus or minus. It's 16%. So it is still yeah, crazy. Not great. No, and that's the thing is like, Patrick is, is, is certainly painting a pretty picture of this film. This film was 
hated when it came out. It was hated <laughs> by critics. It was hated by the audience. And it made very little money. R- Roger it was Ebert, a massive bomb. <laughs> Roger Ebert gave it one star. And it's like not even worth reading his review. He really phoned in that review. It's, sometimes. It's oh, no, no, no. Because I think he is 100% ones. correct. The problem with everyone in King Kong Lives is that they're in a boring movie. And they know they're in a boring movie, and they just can't stir themselves to make an effort. I, I like Linda Hamilton. and I, I do uh, like Linda Hamilton because I think she's naturally charming. She is the best part of the movie. Very, very tender moment when Kong is hooking up with the lady friend, and then she invites Brian Kerwin's character into her sleeping bag. And... Like he asks consent even after she does it. It's He's not. Like, I mean, it, it's it's a hammy moment. It just Linda Hamilton well, sells it well. She, it's very. She similar. has the worst line ever, which is you know uh, humans are are apes. primates too. Primates too. Yeah. Oh boy, it's it's real. Just just be quiet and, and kiss him. But uh, yeah, this movie did abysmally bad at the the box office like you said a radioactive flop it was very hard to sell in in the u.s it only made about four million dollars domestically against its you know budget of wikipedia has 18 million i think wapo at the time listed the production cost as 22 million dollars so that that's the one i'm going with but it potentially made over 40 million dollars worldwide which does track with kind of how well King Kong 1976 did internationally as well. But yeah, supposedly the, the film doing 10 times better in its worldwide release is hard for me to believe. It's a little dubious that that math, including the supposedly 90% of that came from Russia, which I don't I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I look, I, there have been plenty of movies that have done very, very, very well in some random spot that kind of saved the production to some degree. I mean, Warcraft is a, is another one. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that was so surprising. That actually kind of broke even. Miles, uh, do you- I do love the film. Inc. They have this negative review, but they end it on on the worst like needle drop they possibly could, and it, and it makes you like, I don't want you on my side. Uh, who wants to see a movie, a King Kong movie, where the apes fall in love with each other and not a human? And I'm like, me, I do. <laughs> I'm like that. That's that's not the sticking point, bro. It's creepy when he's in love yeah. with a human. And we've already seen it. I we've already seen it twice. twice. We've seen it at least twice, which is more than enough. Uh, and we're going to see it again with Peter Jackson's. Kong. Right. So um, it's, a, it's 10 times more enough. I'm so glad they dropped that plot with Skull Island. But do you, do you know what else came out the same weekend, December of 1986, as this film, Miles? What came out that weekend? What, another kaiju-like potential kaiju-like film in Little Shop of Horrors. And there's technically a kaiju scene in there, but yeah. Yeah, well, that, I mean, is that this, there was, that's just the lead There scene. was a cut kaiju scene. Like, yeah, the, yeah. The end was supposed to be Audrey 2 growing over the entire city and the world, yeah. But yeah, both unlike, or not unlike King Kong Lives, both films didn't do great at the box office, but unlike King Kong Lives, Little Shop of Horrors got super massively popular after its wider mm-hmm. release. It's got cult classic status and King Kong Broadway status as well. <laughs> yeah. I think they're making a remake of it uh, potentially here. Um, that film did very well in history, whereas 
I forgot about King Kong Live's existence, <laughs> to be um, honest. Most people do. And but should I mean, you? Should you, Miles? Yes, you should. Let's get to our ratings. <laughs> All right. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Well, I think like you, the last time I watched this was maybe when I was a, when I was a kid. And I just in the 90s after seeing Jurassic Park, I wasn't super impressed with Pseudimation at the time. Well, but, we're also it's a movie that we're kind of always told is awful. And sometimes it's not as awful. I mean, oh, it's definitely not as awful as people make it out to be, but. It it's not good. It's not. But, but we don't we don't have we don't have a Godzilla versus Hedder on our hands here. No, no. It is. It's 105 minutes. So it's an hour and 45 minutes. Is not as shorter long, than the last one. Yeah, it's not as long as 76 is King Kong by about 15 minutes. But it is still a long film, and there is stuff that you can cut. Still, it's it still feels fresh to me. Maybe because so many of the other films we've watched in the 1980s were kind of pastiches this one is trope ridden but i do feel like it's a good and worthy sequel to 1976's king kong while a decade has passed since that former film they do feel like they're back to back and yeah great casts some good action in the film it's the first time in the 1980s kaiju films that we've watched so far that i've i've not really been bored at any point in the movie i've I, I've watched this twice for this this review, so uh, I, I'm enjoying it enough to give it a very high score for personal enjoyment. I'm giving it a... I'm going to beef this down a little bit. Give it an 8 out of 10 miles. That's about as much as I, I enjoyed last week's Polgasari, I think. so. I mean, so as far as personal enjoyment, it's certainly not as boring as Polgasari is. And I mean, again, I just... Not a big Kong guy. And... This is a goofy movie and not like the 1995 classic, a goofy movie. This is just really, really silly in, in, in spots where I don't think it's, well, it's meant to be. I don't think it should be. Mm-hmm. So there, you don't have the horror elements really there present. You don't have the sense of adventure. There are some good moments with the apes. Like the, there's, there's elements, there's, there's ingredients there that are decent, but the stew that of of this film. I mean, honestly, I feel like the human characters are a little out of sorts. Like they feel mm-hmm. like they're almost should be in a different movie, despite the fact that they're the only characters that make any sense whatsoever. Like I would have been, I actually kind of agree with the, the weirdo who just wants to see monkeys bang humans um, <laughs> in that. I do think it might've been a better film. It was just about Kong and Lady Kong. Right, right. But I mean, I, I think that that filmmakers just don't trust the audience to not have someone talking because I know after the most recent movie, some people were like, hey, you know, we could just not have the humans and we would be perfect content content watching the monsters. And I think people are are a little more vocal about that now, but I don't think studios had any faith. So, hey, we're going to have the woman who starred in the <laughs> Now, classic Terminator. Yeah, we'll, we'll grab her. <laughs> yeah, she Linda Hamilton does a lot towards my personal enjoyment uh, I, for for the film. I I mean, yeah, she's certainly standout. She certainly does a lot for my personal enjoyment. I think she's got charisma for days. I think she's the most interesting person on screen. I think the third act is an absolute mess. Hmm. I think the ending with Kong dying and then the the ape and nine the baby time jump. Also, that baby's ugly. Um, <laughs> baby Kong. 
<laughs> yeah, Baby Kong is ugly, so just it loses like points a... for that too. I, I like yeah. I said, this is certainly a passable film, and I do think the technical aspects make it more interesting. So I'm going with a six out of ten. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Not that bad uh, for the technical aspect. So uh, what what do you think? Um, um, the technical aspect to... I think is pretty impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. script nonsense aside, of which there is a lot, and to me drags this down. I think the suits look great. I think despite the stuff they did with the facial expressions, the fact that you had these very expressive eight faces is really, really impressive. I think they looked really, really good. And some pretty good blue screen, too. I don't think we mentioned it yet. Yeah. The, the that was blue, one thing I mean, that held back the 76 column. Well, some bad blue screen. The, the thing we, we're, we're getting spoiled by here is we do have a big budget American film. So we're getting the force of Hollywood, which is not something we get to see a lot in the genre up to this point. In mm. terms of, you know, getting all the money, you know, we had the 50s B stuff, but we didn't really get a lot of films where like money, money was spent and money was spent here. I do think whether or not it's ridiculous, everyone acts fine. This movie, the script is nonsense, but I think all the technical stuff, the locations, the special effects, the the tanks getting, you know, manhandled and crushed and picked up um, and thrown around. Yeah, I mean, honestly, these special effects are fantastic. So, and for that reason, because they are so outstanding and above everything else in this film, I'm giving it an eight out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's where I'm at as well for it. I'm mostly dinging these two points. I'm giving it an eight out of 10 as well. Mostly on the script. Yeah. Uh, this movie, I think it does have, it does fill the gap of like, well, King Kong died. How does it, how does he come back? Like that first half hour does well introducing the new characters and, lady kong and things like that but uh they're just there's just some things that that don't make sense like like we said um lieutenant colonel archie nevitt is is a great character i have no clue why what what is portrayed by a great character actor yeah uh, john ashton we even talk about him he's he's from the beverly hills cop movies he's all over the 70s and, and 80s but they don't give him a lot. He just hates this monkey for some reason, like to the point where he's like willing to go against orders. It, it feels like they needed to give him a reason. Like maybe he had a personal vendetta against Kong. Maybe maybe his son was killed in the first movie, like ten years ago, or or something like that. It just doesn't make a sense why he hates this monkey so much. But yeah, Sumation feels good, feels more natural, I think, than the first movie. And I I really enjoyed. The special effects, the destruction, like the the scene that's in like the hurricane kind of conditions with them taking Kong out. That and, storm made zero sense for where they were. Oh yeah, <laughs> in in the mountains of uh, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm giving it a, a ten, and for its evocative nature as a piece of kaiju art, knocking it down a little bit because this movie is pretty looked over but i think it's up there with 1976's kong i think it makes a good companion to that movie i think if you watch them back to back it's probably better not space 10 years apart (laughs) but yeah i I thought about scoring it less than 76's kong but i want this movie to kind of shake off this reputation of an absolute stinker absolute bad rap it's fine it's like it's it's fun enough that I would actually probably watch it over 76's uh, Kong just because that one's so long. It does 
turn into a snooze fest in in parts. There's one by comparison. It's like, oh, action. You got, you got monkey loving. You got Linda Hamilton loving. Rednecks getting smushed. Linda, Linda Hamilton has a, a nip slip or a, like a flash of her breast for some reason. I don't know why that was left in the movie. Why yeah, she agreed really to that. It's weird. But that happens. <laughs> For no reason, too. It's just like, let's just show this for a second. One second of screen time. But yeah, this, like I said, Miles, this movie's got it all. Seven out of ten. Uh, what about what about you for its evocative nature? So, I mean, for me, the, I mean, history has kind of already judged this movie. It is. <laughs> it has, is, it, is has it judged it incorrectly? No. It. It is barely a footnote. It's uh, an often forgot about movie. It's certainly not lost, but I, I think this movie is it's in its place for a reason. I think it's mm. goofy. It's I mean, yeah, it's passable fun, but I don't think it's really evocative to the nature of kaiju films. I don't think it adds anything. Adds anything. It certainly uses some tropes of the disaster kaiju films that we've had before. It really feels less like a kaiju movie and just a movie about two overgrown apes, which I mean, that's been my stance on Kong forever. So there's that, too. Uh, But this movie really cements that it's just their size. Hmm. But one has a robot heart. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I, I understand having fun, but this this one's just not. It, not doing it, it, it doesn't hit the cultural notes for me. It's not super evocative. I don't have a great time with it, which is fine. But I, as a, a piece of kaiju art, I I got a dock at the most here, and it's it's getting a five for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's about where we had our other American kaiju film from the 1980s in, in Q. Yeah, uh, we enjoyed Q, but it is uh, it is easily passed over and. Um, mm-hmm. Not not a ton of other kaiju options in uh, in nineteen eighties. So that puts my score at a seven point six, and yours at a what is this? A six point three. Oftentimes, I think that's yeah, going to drop that. us down because I did I did drop mine a little bit. My original. Personal enjoyment, I think, was all the way up to a nine, and that's a little crazy. <laughs> that's that's going to take us to a just a seven out of of ten for the the podcast final, which is what what did what did we give seventy sixes Kong? Did we give it a nine? Uh, we gave nineteen seventy sixes King Kong an eight out of ten. I think it's definitely one point kind of down from from that film. Even though I might, you know, depending on if I want something a little cheesier, pick this one to rewatch. I don't know if I'm going to rewatch this one anytime soon, Miles. I, I watched it twice, like I said, for the, the podcast, and that might be enough yeah. for a while. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, seven, seven out of ten. 1980s is shaping up pretty good. I, I thought we were going to have a... Pretty bad ratings for for this decade, but with this score, I think I mean, we've, we've, had, it. we've had some stinkers. I think we're cementing some... this as an okay score now. <laughs> um, well, where can folks find us if they want to tell us uh, we rated this movie way too high? Which I think would be the main comment that we'd we'd get. Mike. I mean, I'm I'm certain so. But if you want to yell at Patrick for his high scores, you can email us at kaiju versus history at gmail.com. 
You can reach out to us on Twitter at Kaiju versus History and visit our website, Kaiju versus History.com. So rate and review our show, comment, share with friends, and let us know what you think, and check out our letterbox account to see all our reviews and watch our list of films. Patrick, what are we doing next week? Miles, you you've suffered through War of God Monsters. Suffered through Polkasari and uh, slightly suffered through King Kong Lives. <laughs> the last few, few movies have not been kind to, I guess, either of us, but mostly. <laughs> mostly My life you. is pain. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have a little bit of a treat to finish off the 1980s. There is no Ooh. kaiju film on our list from 1987 or 1988, so we have to go all the way to 1989. For a return of, I guess, the, the the true god of the kaiju monsters, return to Japan, return to Toho, the film from 1989. Tune in next week for History versus Godzilla versus Biollante. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs>